Hello and welcome to Small Town Banter, a rural library podcast about the Parkland County community, local events, and good old-fashioned Albertan humor. Small Town Banter was created by Parkland County Libraries as a way to connect you with your community from the comfort of your home. Stay tuned for special guests, funny antics, and so much more. We would like to discuss topics you're thinking about and hopefully others that have never crossed your mind. We endeavor to lighten your day and at times ponder the obscure. Welcome to Small Town Banter. We are excited to be here. You are listening to Brittany and Lorena from Parkland County Libraries. And this week we are talking about International Cow Appreciation Day, even though we're a little late, Brittany. Well, I mean, what sort of small town podcast would we be if we didn't talk moo? But before we get into that, here are some community and library updates. We found a really great program coming out of Yellowhead County called Drive Happiness. And I'm honestly not sure if it's started or if it's starting soon, but definitely give Yellowhead County a call at 780-325-3782. We'll post that info in the links below. But it's Drive Happiness, a senior serving volunteer driver organization, and it's just coming to Yellowhead County. They're providing door-to-door transportation services and they've been doing it for over 22 years in Edmonton. So I think Mm -hmm. that just means they're moving out west. They can provide transportation for short drives or longer trips to the city and other areas. So how cool is that in rural, rural areas, you can still get where you need to go. What a phenomenal option. Yeah. Another thing that we wanted to make everyone aware of because we um, like to bargain shop and we know that some of our listeners Mm -hmm. do as well is the Safe Internet Exchange Zone. So that is actually located in Spruce Grove at the Parkland RCMP detachment. And they have an actual stall right there so that you can meet safely to exchange buy and sell items online. And that's right across the street from Walmart at the new Mm -hmm. detachment in Mm -hmm. Spruce Grove. Perfect. We also have um, some stuff coming up in the fall, personally, in our libraries. It won't be till the end of September, our fall programming off the top of my head. I know that we're having a story time for the wee ones and yoga at Tomahawk and Keep Hills. So stay tuned and definitely go onto our website, www.pclibraries.ca. But again, we'll put the link on the page. So Brittany was wondering what your book of the week is. So my book, my favorite book that I love, it's, uh, I was trying really hard to find something to talk about, like cow related with a book that like we're in a rural community. So everybody in Parkland County knows more about cows than I do. So what could I bring to this conversation? And I found this really great book called The Secret Life of Cows. And it's by Rosamund Young, and it's so great. It is literally, it's a story about this lady. She is, she grew up in rural UK and okay. on a cow farm where they just really, like it's a small farm. They spend a lot of time with their cows. They all have names. They all know these cows. Like it's very intimate, personal relationships with They're these part cows. Of the family. Exactly. And so it's just from like, the years like eight years old to now of all of the funny weird loving antics just the stories of the of the cows and and it's a true story 
and it was just great. It was lighthearted and funny. And like some of the cows, like the bond between a mother and the child and how they remember each other, even when the cows are all grown up, like it's just really sweet. I really enjoyed it. And I wasn't sure if I would. Right. So it was kind of a follow through then Yeah. from childhood all the way up. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. It was like her life story from the perspective of the farm animals. Oh, that's not yeah, cool. That's cute. What about you? What book did you pick? So I never did anything to do with cattle <laughs> remotely. So this is a author named Ian Rankin, and he's a crime author. And oh. I'm not picking one specific. It's the John Rebus series. And actually, there was a movie in the 80s, a kind of cheesy, like... I don't know if I'd really recommend the movie, but <laughs> but the books. And what I like about this, it's about a washed up detective kind of at the end of his career. He's seen so much. He's got some bad habits, okay. but he's at the core, just a good guy. He's just rough around the edges and disheveled and all that kind of stuff. But he has a discerning eye and kind of the yeah. innate ability to flush out clues. And he's good at what he does. He is. And what I love about it is the books are based um out of Scotland, Embridge scenes. This is where this author is, you know, lives. And the the author really brings in the history and the feel of the city. So much so that if you go on his website, he's taken pictures throughout Edinburgh and that's where his vision was, where this crime scene happened or this bar. And you can go and when Jay and I go to Scotland, we are going to chronicle at least some of his pictures and go and see where Rebus, you know, met with this person. What it is a specific bar. Yeah, it's an That's actual so place. Cool. So and cool. um, on a side note, this is an interesting fact. So he did get in trouble in I don't know the '90s or 2000s, where he was friends with a lot of the uh, with the police department. Right. And so there was a problem, and it actually went to court. Um, where the police department was giving him information about crime that had happened before the newspapers or the media. And the media caught wind that, you know, after a hard day of work, a detective was meeting this author and just talking shop, right? And uh, because he does use a lot, like he doesn't use specifics or anything, but just helping him with his craft and because he is a local boy, you know, and he's become friends with a lot of these um, professionals, but he did get into hot water and it did go to court, I believe, um, because the media caught wind that he was actually getting fed information before the media was. That's really interesting. Yeah. So that was just a fun fact. I've watched a lot. Like, I really love true crime, and I've wa- tried to get into Scotland true mm-hmm. crime. And I don't have an ear for the Scottish tongue, definitely. Mm-hmm. Like, real, like, true Scottish people who... Right. Like, small town Scotland. Right, yes. It's hard. That's a, that's a fast language. Mm-hmm. Fast dialect, I guess, is the right... Yeah. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's, it's fast, and my ears are slow. <laughs> don't catch it. <laughs> But yeah, this series I'd recommend to anyone. There's, I don't even know how many books are in the series. Uh, uh, probably at least 10, if not more. Well, so. I'm sure we could find all of them at our library. We can. So I think I've taken them. them all out at one point. So Awesome. Good thing of the week. So, Lorena, what's your good thing this week? So, woke up to the sound of rain. That was a while back. A glorious, cool breeze coming through my window after the heat wave throughout the summer. 
and the idea that I do not have to water my plants and garden just about feeling. made me giddy. Like I was giddy with pleasure, like, hee hee, I don't need to go out and spend how much time of my day in the morning and the evening making sure everything semi-survives. Yep. So uh, it's such a consuming task. And Brittany, I don't know what I'm going to fill my day with. What should I fill my day with if I'm not watering? That's so true. I know, making beatniks. <laughs> I bought a whole bunch of beet leaves, so I think it's beatnik time. Wait, okay, I laughed like because I don't know what you're talking about. I've never made them. Of course, I've eaten a lot of them in my lifetime, but they're Ukrainian, probably a lot of different nationalities, but Ukrainian for sure. It's like a sweet bread, a little bit of a sweet bread just a little dollop and you take beet leaves and you wrap it around oh. and then you cook it and it cooks into the That's bread. That's amazing. Just little, just little things. Now I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. I'm also just going to add right here that if you hear crying babies or just any random noises in particular, it's another episode in an open library. So there are crying babies. And we have kids having fun and just milling about. Yes, there's, yes. there's lots happening. How about you, Brittany? What's your good thing of the week? My good thing of the week is that with the library opening and it, like the Amosl Library in particular, it's just been really, really busy, mm -hmm. which is great. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing in itself. But the, the good personal aspect of it is I've gotten to reconnect with a lot of people that I haven't seen in a really long time, which is nice. so cool. Yesterday in particular, I met someone that I haven't seen in about 25 years. Wow. And I've been looking at this beautiful face thinking, wow, that's like, this person looks familiar and then I'm I'm helping another patron but I can hear her talking to her children and I'm like wow that soft that gentle voice sounds familiar I knew it and I'm like I really hope this person checks out a book so that I can see her name on her library card and sure enough it was somebody from oh. early elementary school that I was really close with that had moved away yes. and was back with her husband and her family and Nice. Without the library, we would never would have seen each other yeah. again. So, so it's a good so connection. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that's a wonderful story. Lots of good things all around. And a cute baby is standing in front of our window, and I wish that everyone listening could see this smiling with a little, face. With a little toothless grin. And a little, and her little toy. And her little pudgy arms. She's so cute. I think we gave it a good enough visual for... Yeah, Everybody's and there. a patron in our window as well. Like, there's just lots of good things happening yeah. around here. We We're, love it. Lots of support. Now it's time for our main topic, cows. Trying to find weird things that you might not already know about cows, which isn't the easiest of all tasks. Well, especially where we're living. Everybody knows more than me about cattle and I have family members who are mixed farmers, so I don't want to embarrass them. <laughs> I mean, we probably are going to. Yeah. I, I will take that responsibility right now. But, They're used uh, to me, so whatever. So, and I mean, anybody who's listened to more than one episode of our podcast knows that I like random facts. So guess what I have for you today? Random facts about cows. Well, good. You're not going to disappoint us. I'm, I'm consistent, if yes, nothing else. exactly. So random fact one, cows can't see the color red. Apparently, I'm not backing this one 100%, but there's a lot of um, there's a lot of stuff to support it online. So we're going with it. Mm -hmm. It I just have a lot of questions about it. Like that's the red flag is what Bugs Bunny uses on the cartoons for bullfights. And in real life, awful, my opinion, awful 
bullfights, they use red. But that's the way the universe would work, right? For decades and generations, they thought that that was the catalyst to the bull charging. And, not, and in the end here, the it was stabbing. something else. Like not the, the stabbing of the cows. or like I'm not going to yeah, get yeah. too into it because no, they were not that kind of podcast. But yeah, no, yeah cows I... can't see red, apparently. Um, the next funny. fact I have, I like a lot. Cows can predict the weather, kind okay. of. So this one is kind of a mix of folklore and a little bit of fact. Okay. So those are my favorite. I like mixing yeah. the two. The, so... And the line is blurred a little bit? It's, it's very blurred. Um, and it's very, like, kind of true. Mm -hmm. It has a lot to do with changes in air pressure. And, like, we're, we as humans are affected by this. We just don't know how to read our bodies as well as mm -hmm. apparently we could read cows. Sheep, cats, just, like, we're all affected by the changes in the air pressure. And that's how this kind of came to be. So... The main, the two main ways that we can use cows to predict the weather is that if a cow stands with its tail to the west, the weather is said to be fair. Okay. So if you see your cow's tail going west, you know you're gonna have nice, decent weather. And if the cow is grazing with its tail to the east, that means that the weather is probably not gonna be that great. And I think it's funny that the difference between the two is that one, the cow is just standing, doing nothing. And the next one, the cow has to be eating. Their tails are going different directions. But one, if your cow's tail is going east, they also have to be grazing. Okay. Why? I don't know. Um, yeah, but the, like no matter what, your cow can't predict tornado season or a hurricane. <laughs> You're not going to get that Well, much. we did learn that on Twister. Yeah. <laughs> that cow didn't have a good time. And it's probably just a biological thing. It's a thing you know, just ingrained. Yeah. It's I just part of our chemistry, their chemistry. Yeah. But I also will admit that for this being folklore, I don't know if it, it's not folklore that I ever heard growing up on a farm. No. We never looked at our cows to predict the weather. I don't know. Maybe there's other local cattle owners that look yeah. at their, watch where their cow's tails are going. Like, had you heard that before, Lorena? Never, but... Um... I actually didn't pay attention to the cattle too much. It's true. That's a fair point. <laughs> that wasn't one of my tasks, put it that watching way, growing the cows up on the farm. Or yeah. watching the cows' tails. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, so. Uh, we have a website here we could put up. Yeah, so those actually did. Sorry, my brain just took a vacation right there for about 10 seconds. But uh, there is, it, this all came from the Farmer's Almanac, so. Okay. That was interesting. Once yeah. again, the Farmer's Almanac makes a presence on our podcast. It's a steady presence. Yeah. Yeah. What about cattle in Canada? So, same thing. I thought, oh, for crying out loud, what am I going to do that's going to, you know. What can we say? Yeah, like really. But I found so many interesting current facts that are going on within the cattle industry. And um, so, actually, all of them surprised me. And with my rural roots and my family being that being part of their livelihood. Um, I was kind of surprised even how clueless, even more clueless than I thought I was. So Brittany, do you know where Canada ranks as far as cattle inventory on a global level? I feel like it would be high, but I, I wouldn't even want to begin to guess. So I was surprised we rank at, and this is current stats, 11th in the world with only 
this is how small it is with only 1.1% of the global market, like 1.1%. Wow. Right. Yeah. I never would have guessed and that. I, that just also surprised me just because of our vast geographical space. I thought living in Alberta and growing up in Saskatchewan and, it, and with it being such an integral part of my life and my community and even the culture really, that I thought that we would fare higher on the global scale. Especially here when we spend so much time talking about how great Alberta beef is. Well, I kind of thought it is that great, meant, but yes, well, yeah, it definitely yes. is. But I thought yeah. to me that meant there was so much of it, but I guess it's quantity, I have quality over quantity. So who do you, what country would you say would be the largest cattle producers someone, globally? Someone somewhere in South America. Okay. So I'm going to go through the list here because I'm excited about this. So number one is India. That does make sense now that you say it. Well, it's also the biggest, either India or China are the biggest population yeah. wise. And they are, they're like India's landmass, while it's not a small country, is far smaller than Canada. So I'm surprised with the dense population. Do How do they have the space? Stack your cows. I guess. And they're considered a holy animal. I know when my father has traveled to India, like... They walk on the streets, like yeah. they're yeah. untouchable. So I don't know how that works. Brazil was number two. And sorry, I just want to back up. So India, where Canada was 1.1% of the global market, India was 30.52%. That's a lot. That's of a beef. huge <laughs> jump from 1.1 to yeah. 30%. So then Brazil is number two at 25, a little over 25%. And then China, which, okay, I could see China and Brazil, they're kind of known. Number four was the United States at just over 9%. The European Union is number five at a little over 8%. Argentina, 5%. Australia, Russia. Yeah, I would have thought Argentina would be higher. I don't, I don't have any reason why. Yeah. I just thought that. Mexico. Okay, now this is the one that made me laugh. So in between, just before Canada holding the number 10 spot, above us is Uruguay. <laughs> like really? I don't even really know where Uruguay is to be honest. Well, it's another podcast, Brittany. <laughs> nope. Our geography <laughs> podcast. We'll, we'll, not, we'll have that conversation We'll dazzle you all with Who's that. Who's on the bottom of the list? Well, they didn't put the bottom, but the bottom of this sheet that I was Ukraine at 17. I but, think number 17, we can qualify yeah. that as the bottom of the list. So anyway, I just thought that was interesting that Canada holds the 11th spot, but really a shadow of what the other countries yeah. are, 1.1% of the global yeah. market. So another thing I was reading about plastic cows. So I was reading a current article about how scientists had found a practical and environmental use for the stomach fluid of cattle. Ew. It is ew, but um, they have found that it has specific microorganisms present to break down plastics. Like currently right now, normally it's extremely hard to degrade plastic. Yeah. They have a couple different ways. They either burn it or they use harsh chemicals to reduce or break down. Neither break it of down. those are great. Neither of those are great. Those don't sound overly environmental. Yep. But uh, they have found that using the stomach fluids, it's an even faster process from using the stomach fluids of cattle. So they're experimenting with that and they're thinking, you know what, 
at stockyards and, and stuff like that. It's just another way to utilize every part of the animal. Which is great, but I just can't. I, it's just gross. It is. I know. But it's the reality, yeah. I guess. And then the next one, this one kind of made me laugh too, cows and methane. So again, once again, the environmental push, whether you agree with it or not, especially being in this neck of the woods, um, you know, cattle produce a lot of methane emissions and it's always been a conversation piece. And I was reading about the use of seaweed in their diet to reduce methane emissions. Wow. And research showed that cattle on high forage diets saw a reduction of after having some seaweed in their daily yeah. diet intake, their reduction was about 33 to 50, 52% in methane emissions. Wow. Flip over that while cattle that are on low forage diets saw a whopping reduction in 70 to 80% methane reduction. I wonder if this is applicable to humans because seaweed is delicious i wonder if it would make you fart less can i say fart because i did it twice well you did already so i think safe to say and i did it's it a i said deal. it twice <laughs> well and i was thinking like forward um like with the canadian market i wonder if the meat would taste different i'm assuming it would i mean animals eating different things mm -hmm. have a different taste so i don't know how that would impact we, are really, we have more it. questions than we have True. answers. And one thing I did find hilarious was they were saying that the cattle didn't really like the taste of seaweed. They're wrong. So they were having <laughs> to mask it. And you know what they had to use? Molasses. Like, yeah. you know, it's like a little kid, you add a little bit of something, sweeten it. Yeah, we used to, to have molasses down. cookies for our horses at a day. And they loved them? Oh, yeah, they did, mm -hmm. but like, they were very tempting to me. Just Is it because you wanted them? Yeah, I wanted I, one, I, too. I love molasses cookies. And then the other thing I was reading about was there's this uh, town in Russia, like a rural town, that holds an annual cow beauty pageant. And I'm oh, going to post okay. the pictures. Same. At first, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, it's just going to be a cow wearing a hat oh no they go all out like this is full-on drag with eyeshadow they had the two that had one that were two brothers that were uh sailors and in sailors outfits and Amazing. it's an annual so i'm gonna post the pictures for everybody to see that reminds me like i didn't do 4-h as a farm kid mm -hmm. but i definitely really 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 love the pictures of cows that have had their hair really washed and blow-dried and they're all <laughs> fluffy and cute i love that so much you know people love their cows it's That's true. true you love your cows we love your cows cows yeah cows they're just gonna say cows a bunch of times <laughs> Weird news of the week is cow related. So that makes me happy. Yes. This is a 2020 article, but I think it's still hilarious. Mm -hmm. And it's still is about International Cow Appreciation Day. 
Chick-fil-A. I hope I said that right. Yeah, Never been there. It's a prominent yeah. American chain. Yeah. Chicken fast food. So they have Cow Appreciation Day every year, and they boast <laughs> having a cow as their mascot. Okay. Which is hilarious to me. And so for 2020, they were like, oh, like maybe don't. I don't think you even could go inside the restaurants for most of okay. the time in the yes. U.S. during the pandemic. There was because everything mm -hmm. was shut down. So they still tried to encourage people to dress up as cows at home. And it was pretty well received. So then they would send their uh, video or yeah, picture. Put what? it on social media. Yes. However, yeah, because usually if you can go into the restaurant, right. you can you wear your costume and you get either free food or a discount or something, something like something like special for dressing up like a cow. Well, I applaud them, especially during the pandemic. They you know, made the most of it. Stressful time. Yeah. Just to add some fun and and so, also people's creative juices flowing, yeah. right? And if you've ever dressed up as a cow or know what someone Never. who has like but like even people listening, like I wanna see pictures. I would really like to see yeah, a picture so of someone I know dressed up as a cow or just someone local. What's our uh, website? Which webs which where should they send it, Brittany? I will post it, um, okay. but it's a podcast, uh, podcast yeah. with, an with an S at pclibraries.ca. Okay, and we'll so, post it. Yeah, so, yeah we'll I'd love to see like, people's Please, pictures. if you've ever worn a cow costume or any kind of farm animal, yes. really, we need to see it. And that's our weird news of the week. That's a good one to end on. Thanks for sticking it out with us on this episode of Small Town Badger. Until next week, stay safe and be well, folks. Toodles! Toodles. If you have a community event, program questions, or something you would like to share with us at Small Town Banter, please email us at podcast at pclibraries.ca. That's podcast at pclibraries.ca.